Hey, Melody. Hey, Peter. What's up, Drew? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to How College Works. So today we're going to talk about some of the things that we run into and maybe some of the ways to stop that before it happens. So Drew and I were talking about some of the things that students end up doing and with right sort of awareness, I guess, skills or tool set, a lot of that problem can get sort of erased before it actually happens, which wouldn't everyone love that? <laughs> you don't have problems with professors, your professors don't have problems with you. Uh, so one of the things that we, that we wanted to sort of zero in on today was time management and kind of what that means and why that's a thing that people keep talking about and why it's a thing that I really want you to have, <laughs> time management skills. Certainly for Melly and I, I think we see this in terms of writing assignments. I also see this in terms of science journal and portfolio assignments. And Melody, I think you might have gone even more in depth on this sort of a thing. Could you fill us in on sort of like how you set this up and what you're trying to do, what you're trying to show this, your students? Well, I try to manage their time <laughs> for them kind of at first. So I have a semester-long schedule, and it is mapped out before the semester even starts, and I, they get that their first day. And so they know right away when everything is due. And, you know, I tell them, well, unless I, like, get violently ill, we are going to stick to the schedule. And <clears throat> so far this semester, I've stuck to all of my schedules and haven't had to change anything. Hooray. Yay. Um, so I'm like, hey, write this down. Put this in your phone. Set a reminder. I'm constantly trying to give them those tips and hints. I color code everything. I bold things. Make sure they can see it on the schedule. It's pretty lined out. And I also set time markers for most of their assignments. So by this day, you need to have this many sources. By this day, you need to have a sketched out idea, whether that's like a matrix or an outline or just a drawing, whatever, of your paper. By this day, we're peer reviewing. By this day, you need to come visit with me. By this day, you need to turn in a draft. You know, So it's pretty methodical. So I don't think they realize that I'm trying to model time management of the writing process because they're not going to have that in other classes it's not going to be segmented like that but they're learning through being forced you're welcome to go through this process that all these things take time and maybe i allow them too much time for certain steps and not enough for others but hopefully they can take that information and adjust it for a situation that's not set out like this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right I, I mean i think an ideal you know, a college student would take that schedule, put it in their phone, realize, hey, no, I need way more time to navigate the library and get my sources. I'm going to put that due date up three days or whatever mm -hmm. and be, you know, self-aware or, or conscious enough to realize, okay, I need to massage this. But that's an ideal, you know. Yeah, that's and that's, that's... Most of my freshman courses uh, in my senior year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's certainly something which I think... I take into account because most of the, I mean, the two classes that I teach where this shows up are um, meant, initially meant for first-year students. They they tend to be filled more now with with second or third-year students. But yeah, when the student comes in into college, I don't expect them to have all the skills that I expect them to have when they're like a second semester senior. I expect them to have a whole lot more on the ball. But that sort of kind of modeling, like I do the same thing. I have a, uh, a science journal that my students need to keep in the first half of the semester. 
and what I saw the first couple times I, I included that assignment was students didn't do anything until like the week of, mm -hmm. and it's a big chunk of their grade. It's like 15% of their grade on this, uh, on, on the portfolio for that, for that journal. I just watched students who were otherwise good just face plant, just hard. I have a very that. similar assignment. So in addition to those very structured things, I also have like a reflection journal and I grade it twice a semester. And of course on Google, I can see when they wrote all that stuff. And ideally, um, they're going to use this journal as part of their final reflective essay. So if they reflect you know, thoughtfully and along the same timeline I give them, they're going to have a much better end product. Um, but I notice that those students are scrambling. They just don't have very good ideas. And really, I'm not grading them on their writing. It's like, well, was it thoughtful? Was it thorough? If you did it and you put some time and thought into it, you get the points. But I had several students fail. And I'm like, this was not supposed to be a hurdle. <laughs> this is actually supposed to be a cushion because I know that they're experiencing a gap between their grades they got in high school and their grades they're getting in my class, so I wanted to give them an opportunity to sort of pad their grade. But several of them took that opportunity and just made it a real yeah. problem. Well, I mean, without getting into a, a discussion about the purpose of grading. <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's a, that's a whole field. So. Without getting into that, I mean, how do we, how do we refocus that and say, I mean, it sounds like you guys are, are already trying to enforce a time management schedule by your due dates. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm just thinking of certain individual students uh, in my head who I won't name. The thought process for those particular students is more of, oh, this is an assignment and it's due. And so it's really due a week later because that's when I feel like it. Mm. I'm going to think about it until the due date. And so, like giving them this this um, this scaffolded forced time management is a is almost being used as a like I feel like if you removed the timeline and just said, hey, finals in December, midterms in you know October thirtieth, like <laughs> first off they would be lost. But I don't know. Would that you think that would that would be a, a total mess? But aside from, <laughs> aside from that. Is, am I blowing up out of proportion that problem of, of students looking at it going, oh, look at all these due, due dates, all these timelines, I'm out? I don't think so. I don't know. Like my my schedule and my syllabi, they're busy because I give them topics for every day. I give them homework when the homework is due. I give them the labs on the lab days for astronomy, I, constellation presentations, constellation quizzes, book quizzes, trips to the farm to go stargazing. What we're doing every week for science journal while we're doing science journal, what we're doing every week for the reflection papers while we're doing reflection papers. And so they might feel overwhelmed. I suppose that's a possibility. On the I other guess hand... That's, that's really the crux of it, isn't yeah. it? Is that, you know, they're taking a, a whatever a full load is of classes and saying, I, I remember saying as an undergraduate, gosh, if, if I could just do classes and not the homework or just do the homework and not the classes, like sitting in, in sitting in the seat. If I could just um, literally half-ass it, then it would be so much yeah, easier. Literally, if I could do just one of these, I felt like I had two jobs, and if I could just do one of them well, I, mm. one of them, period, I could do it well. And but doing, two, but at the same time, that's the point: is learning how to time manage and do both of these jobs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's it's tough, and and we've talked before about how the 
breadth and or depth of what is required in college is different than high school even or even I have an advisee who did like a full year at a community college so I mean she wasn't doing high school classes she was doing full-on college courses and she came in and was like oh well you got it down then she's like yeah I do and uh, she was the last person I expected to have issues but she's one of my students who was getting midterm downgrades mm-hmm. be like by the way you have a c minus or less in this class and it's probably because the requirement at a four-year institution in terms of rigor depth and breadth altogether is different often not that every community college is this way but often is different than your local community college and so she's all like i got this and then she got slammed <laughs> she got it in the face she got it in the face <laughs> she was like boom uh and so that i think that's been a little rough for her, you know, making yeah, that transition. You know, that's the little conversation we had right before you started recording about the difference between starting a professional level program mm-hmm. versus like gen ed's first year, mm-hmm. you know, either not sure what your major is or maybe you're in a professional program but you're taking gen ed classes and the and the requirements are different. Yeah, absolutely. You're kicking it up that extra level of you know, yeah, it's a four credit class or a three credit class, but we're moving at a clip. Yeah, we are. That time management is, is becomes really important. You know, I have students who print off my schedule, which sometimes changes. I, I, like, I, like I kind of roll my eyes like, it's online. It doesn't change. You can bookmark it. You can just keep looking at it. If I change it, it will change. Like, you can keep going back and look at it. It's kind of a waste of your colored ink. But they have it, right? And I think that's really great. And I've had to talk with students and be like, listen, like, do you set an alarm every day? No. <laughs> You got a phone, right? So let's set an alarm on your phone. Do you have things in your... Do you have a calendar? No? Okay, well, let's walk... It's on your phone. Your phone has one, you know, if if you're... Right next to the Flappy Bird and the Crossy Road and those things. It's next to that. Yeah, you know, and if you got... So I got to ask you guys a question. Do, Do you see that... As far as time management of students turning stuff in on time or scaffolding their own or working with your scaffold of middle steps, students with jobs during college, are they doing better in general like I would expect they would? It depends. Most of mine do. I think because they realize they have smaller windows of time for homework, so they like get it done because they know they can't do it at work and they know they're not getting off until 10.30 or whatever. Um, Whereas... Students who don't have jobs are like, well, I'm just, I didn't get finished with homework last night until like 2 a.m. I'm like, what time did you start? Uh, 12.30. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what were you doing? And they're like, well, I, you know, I'd have some time for me. So I was watching some Netflix. That's not me time. Yeah. That's Netflix time. That's different. <laughs> yeah, but so they, I mean, and I'm glad they take some, you know, time out of their day to sort of decompress and do those things. I think that's important. But then they complained to me that they spent so much time on their homework when they spent more time on the internet, you know. Yeah. I just tell them to go to sleep. 2, 2 a.m. go to sleep. I don't care. <laughs> Study for the exam, do the homework, whatever. Like, you're going to do poorly on both of those. Just go to sleep and get some rest because you look awful. <laughs> don't comment on their appearance. I mean, sorry, they look tired. They, they look like they're about to just fall asleep. I mean, I have students, you know, often students with jobs, they are more aware of the uh, scheduling, so they have to manage their time better. Um, I guess I'm not saying everybody I, going to a job, I, you know, but I am saying, like, what are those things that lead kids with jobs to 
have better time management skills. I, I think it's just sort of at, at some level, it's kind of the reality of the the time constriction that that when you have all the time, then there is no impetus to manage your time because you have all the time. But then it hits two a.m. You're like, well, I'm halfway through this. I guess I'll keep going and maybe I'll finish watching, binging on, you know, Walking Dead or whatever later. But when you have a, a time constriction, then, then... You know that thing on the silencer thingy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My phone. Are those, like, timers that tell you need to go to bed or whatever? Uh, Don't you have a timer that tells you it's time for bed? I used to. Okay. I'm getting better with that, though. I'm managing my time better. Oh, see, it's a lifelong process. <laughs> it is a lifelong process. I mean, athletes are often held up as this other example of students who have time constrictions who are better at managing their time, partly because often their coaches are riding their ass. <laughs> about, That's true. About getting everything in on time and getting it done and keeping their grades up. Uh, so there's that. They actually have another scaffold. They have some of you all, like, are you doing what you need to do? And, like, for those students, if I know they're – coach then I'm happy to go just talk to the coach and be like by the way so and so needs to get all this stuff done you know could you keep an eye out for them but I, I'm, I've also had students who have jobs who just like don't show up to class yeah they're like it's so easy and it's like okay I understand that you were like straight a kind of student in high school and this may not be like the most challenging but I talk about stuff in class I, I elucidate, I help, right? And so if you don't show up, you're not getting that aspect of what the class is. Even if you've already read it, you get to hear it again, you get to hear it in a different way, and that can be important, uh, often is important. You know, I don't have an attendance policy in my class, partly because if you don't manage your time well enough to show up to my class and you don't understand the material better, you're probably gonna lose five, 10% of your grade overall by the end of the semester simply because you haven't, heard the questions you haven't heard the explanations that everybody gives well, i guess is it is it fair to say or is it um i don't know how fair is it to say i don't know how to phrase this that basically like at high school it's safe to fail and especially in middle school it's safe to fail there's zero consequence happy to have you in eighth grade good time right <laughs> fail eighth grade guess where you go ninth grade math if you fail in high school, the consequences are a little stronger, but it's still pretty safe. You're not going to be living under a bridge Down like in a cardboard box, yeah. right? So you can manage your time poorly, and the consequence is you, you know, your mom gets mad and has a meeting with the teacher, and you have to show up and do a Saturday school and bring your grade up and squeak by with a D minus. Or, you know what I mean? Like the mm -hmm. consequences are, are relatively light. And maybe you would learn to manage your time better if you're allowed to just flat one right on your face in ninth grade. <laughs> that, might, that, that, that may or may not work. But yeah, I mean, in college, there is no, at some level, there's, that safety net isn't there. It's one of the things that colleges talk about in terms of uh, intrusive advising is the actual term for it. It's where advisors are paying close attention to their advisees and with their grades start to drop, then they're like already kind of like in their face with emails being like, how are you doing? Are you okay? And that's really good for sort of retention and, and I think for giving perspective. Because the other thing is like, as one of my advisees, advisor, I'll be like, are you okay? Do you have the support you need? Do you need to talk about this or that? 
which is probably what Ollie would say. I wouldn't assume that I know what they need to talk about. But I'm not going to do their homework for them. I'm not going to call up Melody and be all like, my advisee's in your class and she didn't turn in her paper, but she feels really bad and could you give her an extension? And Melody's going to be all like, no. I don't take late work. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's like, so at some level, the, the amount of accommodation isn't there. The support, the scaffolding, the kind of like, hey, are you all right? It can be there in terms of intrusive advising, but the showing up for Saturday classes squeaking by with a D minus when you failed two exams, that's not there. So there is a harder, and in many schools, there is no intrusive advising. There is just, hey, what class do you want to take? I don't see major problems with that. Go ahead. (laughs) Student enrolls, student flatlines academically, a student has to bear all those consequences. So I guess, you know, I'm just thinking that my my individual college experience, my advisor, I think we met once a semester. Yeah. And like a look at how did this semester go? Oh, crappy. Let's make a different plan for next semester. Mm -hmm. And so we looked, we did look at goals. How did I do goals for next semester? Mm -hmm. Let's plan for it. And they have those discussions, but it was all happening on one day, the, the autopsy and the plan all at once. It's not particularly structured into it. And the other thing is that depending on where you go at a bigger school, you might have an advisor whose nine to five full-time job is academic advising. The schools that I went to for an undergrad and the schools that I've worked at, that advising is handled by faculty. We don't have any particular training in advising per se. We generally tend to quickly pick up the catalog and requires for different departments for different majors. And so it's not like we're all like, yeah, sure, that sounds fine. But it's not like we're sort of like academic advisor, like social worker or something where we have this deep training about how this works or things to look out for for different populations of students. All we know is the academics. Well, and our own experience, right? Yeah. And so like oftentimes I'm like, well, here's what I did because <laughs> that's all I have to go by, which doesn't really match up with most of my students' experiences. Um, I don't know. I read something about like, professors being like in the top three percent of their classes and so like obviously they're interested in their in their stuff so students should be pretend that they're interested in class so I need to think about that too in terms of advising of course I was able to manage my time because I was that kind of type a personality who's like I need to do this or so into your major that it's not even a question of time management for for your major it's sort of a question of time management for everything outside of your major like you're so busy doing your thing that you're losing track of other stuff. But yeah, I guess I never, come, had never had that problem. <laughs> so did you guys not work as undergrads? I I had student quite, quite the opposite. I oh yeah you mean work a job? Yeah. My no. my, my <laughs> last year. I thought you meant work in like okay. academically. Okay, no. yeah, sorry. Did you have it did you have work a my job? butt off, come on. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I had two um, two part time jobs my last year. And that was yeah. Like, I was doing the best in my classes as I ever had. Huh. So I had the grant where I, like, work on campus and get paid. Oh, like work study? Work study. That's what I had. I had work study. And so I made photocopies in the medical library. Awesome. It was, it was a decent job. So, like, I worked between 30 and 40 hours a week my entire undergrad. Like I don't I, think I worked that much. I just had to. Like, I, I mean, I, if I wanted to live in an apartment or drive a car... 
Oh yeah, my I lived in the dorms and my parents paid for it. No, so I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And so when students are like, I'm busy, I can't manage my time, my sympathy level is pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. I mean, and certainly it's different for every person. That I, I went to college with uh, two guys who were great guys and doing really well now, but both of them dropped out. You know, partly one because he discovered EverQuest, which students was the forerunner of World of Warcraft, who I'm just going to assume is still Ask going on. Ask your parents, <laughs> your grandparents, <laughs> um, and just like didn't do studying. He just was on the computer playing online all the time. The other guy was not in our dorm. And most of us had been in this mildly, maybe highly, I'm not quite sure how selective it was, sort of program. So I had to work, but I didn't have to work super hard. And we were always just kind of hanging out. And he was like, oh, yeah, this is how college works. But evidently, unbeknownst to us, that's how it worked for us, but not working well for him. So, I mean, is there a, is there a place on your campus where we where you can direct students to go to like learn time management skills, where are they supposed to pick this up if it's not in their high, like mm-hmm. not everybody at my high school campus is in the AVID program. We only have X number of kids out of 2000 that are sure. in an AVID class that actually teaches this time management, taking notes, da 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 da, you know, so, a long list of awesome stuff, but. I think we have they, a class. We do uh, have a class. It's called okay. Strategies, but it's zero credit, and students, anybody can take it, but it teaches them a lot of those soft skills that we've been talking about. But if they don't, if it's like mid-semester and they're flaking out, they can make a one-on-one appointment mm-hmm. with our coordinator of academic advising. Holy cow. Engineering club is meeting. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be another. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like... We actually, because we're small, we have the benefit of sending somebody to a person and she will meet with them one-on-one and she'll do follow-ups too. So you're talking about your advisor sort of like once a semester, she will often have them come back to her, you know, we'll set some goals for this week, write everything down, come back to me next Monday, let's see how you did. So some of that accountability is built in, Mm -hmm. but that's really not the norm. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a student at, at college, you're like, any student, actually, even if you're like a straight-A student, by the way, unless you have been taking classes at the college that you are now going to be attending, you probably don't know. You probably don't. You Maybe you do, but you probably don't. The strategy class are going to early on or, or before you even get there talking to student support services mm-hmm. and saying, okay, I, I, I would like to have a class or know what resources there are for study skills, time management, sort of that sort of a thing. There, there are often things in place to help students, but students either need to go search them out for themselves or they need to be you know, strong-armed armed into enrolling or going yeah. to there by their advisor or by you know, special admission conditions. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like I'm, I'm teaching a Saturday class all this semester about how to study time management, test-taking strategies, and I have to like walk around with a clipboard to get signups and call parents to say, look, get your kid to sign. I, I think that's the difference between a high school and a college is, is um, I'm able to call mom and say, get Nick to sign up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need him there so that he can succeed. I want to watch him walk the stage with you next June, sign him up. And mom will get him to sign up. At, at your level, you know, kid doesn't want to sign up. Don't sign up. Even for a zero credit course that doesn't cost any money, 
there's nothing you guys can do, right? Right. No, yeah. I well, mean, we make recommendations all the time for them to go see the per to go see the person in the cold race center, which is the place we're talking about, and they either do or they don't. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of the thing that I think is a big certainly for me and I think for many students a big transition from high school to college is that in high school it feels like everyone's like riding your ass about stuff but in reality they're really trying to watch your back in terms of making sure that stuff gets done and you don't have a lot what's that coincidentally that's where my ass is <laughs> on your back on your back yeah Dan yeah. <laughs> thought about that uh the uh when you when you get to college it's Kind of the opposite. Yeah, it's it's, it's you. I actually work really hard to develop a culture of faculty to be looking out for students because the default culture of faculty, having come up through grad school, through your PhD program, is it's it's you. It's you. If you don't write that thesis, your advisor's not going to write it for you. You know, if you don't go to those classes and pass those things, nobody else is going to come and catch you. And so, your professors have spent six years doing this sort of thing like minimum four but I think most people are like six plus and so that's where that's where our headspace has been that's where professionally where we've been if they are at a research institution their time management is top notch because they have like 20 pies in the air not just in the oven they're just they got all kinds of things going on mix, mix my metaphors you know they're they're juggling like multiple grants submitting over the course of the academic or calendar year. They're submitting progress reports for various things. They're writing multiple papers a year. They're teaching a couple of classes. They're managing a lab with like half a dozen graduate students and postdocs all together. They actually often don't have time to help you learn <laughs> to manage your time because they're pretty much running at full tilt. So I, I should ask Mike Kinburn teacher how she does it because she's really good at this managing a kindergarten teacher has to manage not just the time of her teaching and the kids and the students but the parents volunteering and the field trips on thursday do we have permission slips and this parent was supposed to make snacks and then right i mean a kindergarten teacher you've just described <laughs> yes but but paid more certainly well okay well but yes the professor or the kindergarten? oh anyway. well, at r1 professor far more uh, okay far yeah. more yeah Especially in the sciences. Yeah, and I'm thinking of science professors. Although a, a humanities professor at R1 is still earning every dime. And remember, listeners, that doesn't mean kindergarten teachers are, uh, are not doing a lot of work. It means they should be paid a whole lot more. Agreed. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of to pull us back and, and, and maybe work us towards kind of a wrap-up here is that one of the things that Melanie and I try to do is... Uh, schedule in time management by hitting different deadlines into our classes and we do that not because we particularly want to micromanage our students but because that's a skill which students have a ourselves included difficult time dealing with and that that awareness of when things are due and being able to sort of set your own deadlines especially if you set a deadline that's a little ahead of it mm -hmm. so that you can ask for feedback uh, you're, we love that we love that. If a student's all like, would you read over my paper that's due in a week? Um, Why, yes. I would, I would love to give you feedback. I outwardly, and, and the majority of me is all like, I am psyched. I am super, like, you as a student, I am, I am into this. You know? 
inwardly a little bit, I'm like, oh my God, I got to read a paper. But I'm happy to go through that slog of reading your paper and giving you comments back because it means you're managing your time and you're, even if you're only pretending, engaged in my class and at least addressing this, this assignment in a way where you are taking ownership of it. So maybe we can talk about that next time. What does it mean to take ownership of your learning? And why is this a conversation that I have with my advisees like every semester? Why is it on my syllabus? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, that was really, I thought that was really nice, guys. Thanks for, thanks for chatting about that. Go buy a planner. Right. <laughs> yes. yes, buy a planner, put on a calendar something. Please, please, something. Put the schedule onto, onto your, your calendar. So, as always, if you want to hit us up for something you want us to talk about, you can reach me uh, on Twitter at Dr. Highland, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-A-N-D. And I'm at Andrew Highland. And if you have something longer that you want to present to us or a question to ask, you can actually uh, get me at Gmail. It's peter.o.highland at gmail.com. All right. Talk to everyone next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.